Nice. So, guys, welcome to episode 37 of the Human Jitsu podcast. And today we are joined by the man who has very little to no liabilities, I think. That's how the saying goes. Chad, the Beast Hardy. What's up, Chad? What's up, man? Yeah, it's uh, no liabilities ever. <laughs> uh, for, a- for anyone who doesn't know, I, I know this, but this is fucking hilarious. How-, how did that saying come about? Yeah, so I, I was start- uh, first starting my YouTube channel, and you always get some haters on the internet. It- you know, it's going to happen. I expected it. But I started t- telling these techniques and stuff like that. Well, this random guy gets on there. And he's like, hey, man, I'm going to beat your ass, and there's going to be no liabilities involved. And I just kind of overlooked it. I was like, you know what? That's hilarious. I shared it with a few friends. Oh, this guy comes back again. He's like, no, really, like, meet me in the street. There's no liabilities. I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, okay. So we did a little comment rating, and I, I shared that with everybody. They all thought it was hilarious as well. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this to, to kind of make fun of that guy. He's going to beat my ass. So I started saying no liabilities after, after every video. So it, it worked out in the end for me. Uh, so a random asshole who wanted to beat you up gave you a cool catchphrase. It's yeah, cool. I know. I was like, just out of nowhere, kind of stuck with it. <laughs> oh, man. Like, uh, I wonder what would drive someone to just fucking say, oh, yeah, there's this guy. He's a really good black belt, but I'm going to beat him up on the street because I don't like his YouTube content. Yeah, well, the problem is everybody thinks that you're, you're garbage until they roll with you, and then they're like, oh, okay, well, you got to actually... If it if it doesn't relate to them or you know it hasn't happened to them, then they don't care. <laughs> mm. Nah, imagine if that guy started jujitsu with the sole purpose of trying to beat you in mind, and then he realized how hard it was. Like, oh shit, maybe that guy doesn't suck, and maybe I'm an asshole. You know what? That uh, this brings up another funny story. So he's a he's a purple belt now under uh, uh, under Chewy and I, but I met my friend in college. And uh, the way that I met him, I was doing like a little uh, paper talking about how I did jujitsu and how I wanted to do that for a living. And that's why I was, you know, in classes to learn business and stuff like that. Well, he was in the class and he started pretty much just talking shit to me, thinking that he could destroy me because he was 300 pounds. So I was like, all right, man, how about how about you come on in the gym? You know, quit talking. Let's go in the gym. So he came in there, uh, hit him with a hip toss. And I armbarred him in like five seconds, and he was like, "No way!" It just like blew his mind. So he he stuck with it, and he started training like seven days a week after that. He's like, "I gotta learn this stuff, man. It's crazy." Like this mm-hmm. little toothpick kid just beat me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, see, to anyone listening, if anyone has listened to a jiu-jitsu podcast or thinks jiu-jitsu doesn't work, like, who do you think's gonna win in a fucking? physical exchange you who like let's just say you are 200 pounds you can bench press a lot but you don't know how to fucking fight or this guy who actually does know how to fight but is way lighter than you my money's on the guy who can actually fucking fight like any day of the week come on dude yeah i never understood where where people came up with that stuff it's like i literally do this for a living like it's my job like, man, has anyone gotten good at jiu-jitsu? Has anyone gotten paid for doing jiu-jitsu if they suck? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people just, I can't comprehend it. But it's, it's getting better because you'll start to go to, like, if, if you go out to watch a fight or something like that, people are starting to understand. Uh, anybody that I talk to that doesn't, uh, that doesn't do jiu-jitsu, you know, if I go somewhere, they're like, oh, yeah, my buddy does jiu-jitsu. So they have, like, 
at least a little bit of an understanding of what it is now compared to I don't get as many karate chops nowadays. <laughs> now, see, like, here's one thing. Like, see, I don't like if someone, you know, those, we all know these type of people, the people who go around, like, say, at the bar with their chest popped out, bumping into everyone, like, fucking looking for a fight. Like, see, I do not feel sorry for those people at all when they inevitably get the living shit kicked out of them by someone who knows that at the fights. So I'm like, dude, that's a fucking eventuality, event, like a fucking eventuality. Like, eventually you're going to come into someone who knows what the fuck they're doing and they're going to fucking cave your head in. And I'm like, well, <laughs> dude, you got what you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Like, I don't feel sorry yep. for anyone who like, like if yeah. you start a fight, you like, you sort of forfeit any right to complain about it. It's like, you run the risk of getting fucking your ass kicked every time you do that, so, you know. Yeah, that's why it always cracks me up when I hear people, you know, talking about self-defense. I'm like, who the hell are we fighting? Like, are we fighting trained fighters? Because, I mean, most of those people, they don't want to fight. You know, they try to avoid fighting. But (laughs) people are teaching, like, uh, and they'll they'll say it, like, we're going to fight trained professionals on the street and stuff like that. Like, half these people, if somebody's picking a fight with you, they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Uh, So you call me crazy, but I think if you get past the age of, like, Let's just say, if you get past the age of 21, you shouldn't be getting into fucking street fights. Like, you have, yeah. to, you have to grow the fuck up at some point. Like, let's just be real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, can't, I don't even think I've been close to getting in a fight since I was, like, 16 or 17. <laughs> uh, look, these people, you know, they just have some screws loose and they're fucking stupid. You know, yeah. fuck them anyway. Okay, so, Chad. <laughs> uh, so, Chad, uh, do you want to tell everyone where you're from and where you train in case uh, they want to get around with you sometime? Yeah, man, I train at uh, Guardian Mixed Martial Arts. It's in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It's about 30 minutes, maybe, uh, probably 45 minutes from downtown Nashville. So, you can uh, come visit Nashville, hang out. There's all kinds of stuff to do there. Then you can come get some good quality training in as well. Mm. yeah i'll just fly across the o- an ocean to go train with you with chad the beast hardy i'm like like uh let's say like what if i got there and like there's a corona thing and you're not letting me train that day i'm like dude i crossed an ocean to get here what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> you know what i was pretty bummed i was trying to set up a tour overseas um i was gonna go to pretty much just everywhere in the uk and try to hit up some seminars and, you know, go view different parts of the world and stuff like that. Me and my fiance were going and then coronavirus hit. So we had to cancel all of our, like I had the plane tickets and everything. We were, we were set to go. I just had to set up some seminars and stuff at different gyms and it all got, uh, all got taken away, but you know, I'll be able to do it next year, hopefully, or the year after that. Ah uh, man, see, I was actually gonna go over to Chewy's to train and uh, Christians in Philadelphia to train with them for a bit, but like, it's a good thing that I didn't fucking book anything because I'm a chronic procrastinator and fucking uh, the Rona hits. I'm like, well, it's a good thing I don't have any money spent, and that's awesome. Yeah, and it's a hassle to get your money back. Ah <laughs> uh, man, my fucking um. My coach was telling me he was going to do Pan Ams and stuff. He spent like a bunch of money on the on the flights, then to reschedule, and they're they're just fucking him over with that stuff. And like it's, it didn't sound good. He was like, "Ah, oh, sickin', bro." Yeah, that's pretty much what they're trying to do to us with our our flight tickets. I think they ended up giving us like flight credit. I'm like, well, that sucks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want flight credits. I want I want my money back. Like I don't I don't get where the fucking what the hassle is. Like you know, we pay you you pay to get a flight flight is cancelled where's my money like it seems like a very 
you know, easy sort of fix, but like, no, they just decide to complicate it because the airlines uh, are pricks. Yeah, not even not even just that. You got to call like twenty different people to get to the right line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they make it so much of a hassle that you just want to hang up and be like, you know what? I'll just take my loss because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm persistent though. I'm I'm gonna get there. <laughs> no, that that's. I think if more people were persistent, they'd uh, they'd give up on that thing and make it like easier for people to do it. Because man, like um, that's how they get you. They they make you jump over a million hurdles just to get your money back. How yeah. unreasonable of you wanting the money you spent for them to do something, but they haven't done it to get your money back. How unreasonable is that? Fuck. Yeah, I think that's that should be against the law. This is crappy. That's crappy business. I mean, I've been to plenty of places where uh, you buy something online and they're like, wow, this isn't even close. To so perfect example, I bought this damn massager on uh, Black Friday. I thought that it was... Uh, one of the professional ones, because that's a picture that they posted. Well, I buy this thing. They send me like a $10 massager when I paid $100 for it. Well, I'm trying to find a number to call them. They have no number. They have no way to message them. And I was like, ah, okay. Learn my lesson on that one. Uh, I bought these. I'm Okay, I bought these shoes on eBay one time, and they look like, they look good in the picture, but they look like they were made of like, they look like garbage is the point. And like, uh, I gave them a horrible review on eBay. And you know what they said? What? Oh, Mister, Mister! If you remove the the fucking review, we'll give you half your money back. I'm like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll remove the review if you give me all my fucking money back, you bastards! Like, no, no, we'll give you half the money. Like, that's how the yeah. email is composed. I'm not like being racist or anything, but that's how the email it was like broken English in the email. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, uh, uh, yeah. I always try to have good customer service. I mean, I feel like that's what keeps people happy. And you know, if you if you let somebody down one time and you don't make up for it, like they're never coming back to you. So customer service is huge in my eyes. I always try to make up for anything that someone feels that they've been wrong for. Mm. Unless it's just unreasonable. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if they have weird, try, like, have you ever had any weird experiences where someone has been super unreasonable? Like, well, dude, I bought this. I was expecting this, 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 and that. I was expecting fucking gold to fall out of the sky. What the hell, bro? You shafted me. Yeah, so I, I haven't uh, experienced that personally, but Julia was telling me a story. It was pretty funny. This guy wrote him and said that he ruined his Christmas because he didn't get his T-shirt on time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Your Christmas is ruined because you didn't get a T-shirt? I'm like, uh, yeah, bigger problems than that, man. Well, man, it, it was a T-shirt for my dying mom on Christmas. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, it's like I don't think a t-shirt's gonna solve any problems, but oh my god! Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something funny though about uh, Chewy's t-shirts. See, uh, one time I ordered like three of them, so they're like 20, 20 bucks a piece, so uh, sixty bucks plus ten for postage, so seventy dollars to get it shipped over to me. Well, in total to pay for it and the shipping and stuff. And here's the thing, because the Irish Irish postage system is fucking stupid. Because I spent seven, 70, 70, let's say euro, 70 euro on this package from America, they decided to check it in customs and fucking uh, see if it was drugs or something. I don't know. But it, when they saw those T-shirts, they're like, okay, whatever. Well, so they sent me a fucking, um, they put a slip or something in my mailbox saying, oh yeah, uh, your package is here. Come to this uh, uh, post office to get it. Oh, and also you have to pay $28 to fucking get your, your package. I'm like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> Yeah, that's why. Uh, so a lot of 
I've had so many people from the UK and you know people outside of the US that write me and they're like begging me to to sell outside of the US and I'm like man it's just they make it so much of a hassle to do it and they want to charge you like I feel bad having to charge like thirty dollars for freaking shipping fees because <laughs> they charge you on some of the stuff if it's heavy or you know something like that they try to charge you way too much for it. Ugh. Or man, you, you know, it's it's a fucking hassle and a half, man. It's... Yeah, they're like, uh, you know, if they want to buy a shirt from me, they're like, here's your uh, $55 shirt you had to buy because shipping. Well, yeah. man, if, if they're anything like Chewy's shirts, they're way they're well worth $55, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, mine are this, uh, pretty, or they're pretty much the same exact ones. I just have my uh, little No Liabilities logo on there. Nice. I might jump on that shit soon. Oh, yeah. Hey, you, you, Oh wait, you don't sell outside the US. I just for just for her blush. I'll make uh, an exception. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll work it out. You, yeah. you maybe maybe you should actually send me drugs with it, so when they search it, they <laughs> find something like oh, it, so we didn't ruin this guy's day for nothing. <laughs> okay, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, to get back on topic, <laughs> fucking hell, we love tangents. Yeah, what is it? Uh, how'd you get into martial arts? Did you train anything before starting jiu-jitsu? Yeah, man, I started out, I moved to uh, Louisville, Kentucky from Indiana. I uh, just had a lot of family stuff going on, so we ended up moving away. And then um, I think it was like my first my first day of school, first week of school, and I'm just walking in line. Well, I turn around, this kid fucking punches me right in the nose. <laughs> my nose starts bleeding. I'm just standing there like, what the hell is that for, man? Like, I didn't know what to do, so I just kind of stood there. Well, my principal told my dad, that day, he brings me up to uh, a taekwondo school to start practicing, um, you know, how to punch and kick and stuff like that. My instructor, Ryan, uh, he trained at Derby City, which is uh, Chewy's gym. So he trained at Derby City and taught at our gym. So he was doing jiu-jitsu and stuff like that and kind of showing me how to do some techniques. Well, eventually, our taekwondo school ends up closing down, and he recommends, it's like, hey, I've been going to Derby City for four years um that way you don't get out of martial arts how about you try out some jiu-jitsu and boxing and kickboxing i was like ah yeah i guess so i'll do that you know i took his word for it and i went up to derby city uh started doing jiu-jitsu and i started uh competing my first month i kind of hated competing at first because i do these taekwondo tournaments and get disqualified for being too aggressive <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, but in all fairness, I was a pretty rough kid. Like, I was coming at you 150% trying to take your head off. But I feel like that's what a tournament is, you know. So I started doing these uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments. Uh, ended up winning, like, I think my first 10 or 11 tournaments straight. And uh, people started calling me uh, Beast. So that's where I got my nickname and kind of stuck with it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, while we're talking about competing, like, do you prefer a specific rule set? And if so, like, what rule set would you like prefer competing under? I uh, mean, it's all, it's all. I don't care if it's gi. I don't care if it's no gi. I don't care on the rule set. You know, it, it doesn't matter to me. It's all the same. I, I practice for everything. So <laughs> uh, says says the man who fucking loves triangles. Like the the one move that is like never fucking 
uh, what's it, banned or anything, because it's like, <laughs> like, what fucking tournament would ban triangles? I'm like, uh, yeah, we're the stocky dudes, fucking league. We don't, li- we don't like triangles, so fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, as long as I'm exciting, you know, I want to be an exciting grappler and not be boring. One of those people that just hold you the entire time. Like, if I'm out there and you see me, unless I'm sick or something, like, I'm going at it. I'm going for the finish. So it doesn't matter the rule set because I'm trying to win in less than two minutes. Ooh. Uh, I like that sort of styling on them. Yeah, I, I go for it. <laughs> uh, man, see, what was the first seminar that you attended in jiu-jitsu? And do you remember what was taught at it? Um, so the first seminar that I went to, it was, uh, I want to say that it was a Hanato Tavara seminar. So Chewie used to be under Hanato. Uh, and then Kyle and Ken, my old instructors, um, they were under Hinato as well. So they brought him out. And oddly enough, I think that he showed, I think he showed some lasso guard. He showed a triangle. And then he showed how to do, uh, we call it the pretzel guard. That's where you use your legs to trap their le- uh, their arms behind their back. Yeah, he showed me how to do all that stuff. And uh it's funny, so I'll show, I'll show that technique in my seminar sometimes now, and people are like, I don't know if I can do that. You can only do it because you're 6'4". I'm like, Hanato Tavares is a little guy, and he can do it. He's the one who showed it to me, so enough excuses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, uh, oh, before I forget, do you have any, like, uh, submissions that are, like, do you have any funny names for your submissions, like punny names, like me personally? Uh, my favorite move is the anaconda choke, so I call it the Andrewconda. So that's just an example. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everybody has that nowadays. So here's something hilarious. Well, I thought it was funny, anyways. Uh, I did this te- uh, this video. It has like, I think it has like half a million views now. But uh, it was top ten most painful submissions. Now every submission, well, not every submission, but most submissions have multiple names. You know, people make up names for shit all the time. So, back in the day, we called the electric chair the crotch ripper. <laughs> just because we had a bunch of catch wrestlers, and we all called it the crotch ripper. So, we would do, I called it that in the video. Man, people got so butthurt over that. Like, <laughs> it's the electric chair. I'm like, butthurt. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? All these other people can make up all these names, but, you know, I call it something, like, that is legit. Like, a lot of people call it the crotch ripper. You know, people get people get butt hurt over it. Like, but you got people. What? I mean, I, I don't care. Like me personally, I don't care. You can call it whatever you want as long as it works. But every single person that does a guillotine, like they have a, they have their name right after it. You know, nobody says anything to them. <laughs> but I, I call something another name, and I got like a ton of people hating. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Uh, man, see, uh, once, one time, like, uh, people know, people in the gym know I love calling it the Andrew Conda, and, like, when I'm rolling, like, uh, what's it, the people who are watching, like, uh, everyone roll to make sure they don't bump into each other, it's like, oh, Dennis, look out for the Andrew Conda, because I have him in front headlock, that sort of thing, it's gained a reputation, and, like, uh, what's it, one of my coaches, uh, he was saying, he was t- asking me, like, he's like, oh, man, uh, did you try and hit, he taught, he didn't know it was called the Andrukanda. He thought it was called the Humanzy Teen. I'm like, cause like he thought, was, <laughs> I, I, he thought I loved guillotines and shit. And yeah. this one, this one person who we train with, she, she looked at him while after he said Humanzy Teen and looked at me and just like just looked at me. I'm like, 
she, she the look on her face was like, man, are you really naming every fucking move after yourself? Jesus. <laughs> it's like rolling her eyes like, fucking humanity team, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there is one uh, I, I, I'm guilty of it too. So I have a technique that I call the hardy angle. And uh, that's on my, I think that's on Triangle of the World. And then it's on my website a few times. But uh, that that's the only thing that I named after myself. And that was only because I've hit it you know, a good, good 40 times in competition. Just, that's one of my go-to techniques that I love. Uh, do it all the time in training. I do it in competition. So I was like, you know what? Everybody else has a cool name after themselves. I'm going to, I'm going to take one. <laughs> uh, there was, there was one, I had one uh, move name suggested to me one time, but like I couldn't in good conscience come up with it. Cause it's, I take this one because it's, it's, it's a bit much in my opinion, this one. See, Every single submission win I have is by ankle lock. I fucking love ankle locking people. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I'm okay at it. But like, uh, fucking, uh, what's it? One of my boys said, oh man, you should call that the humankle lock. I'm like, man, <laughs> that sounds so fucking, that's good. I like it, but it's a bit yeah. of a stretch. I'm like, I cannot fuck. You know, it's, you, you can deal with Andrew Conda because that's my fucking name. But human, <laughs> humankle lock is a bit of a stretch. You're like, dude, what the fuck? That's, that's kind of stupid. Just start naming everything after yourself. <laughs> so uh, I, I got, I I got a question. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know it's your podcast, but <laughs> I want to ask you a question. So this guy on my YouTube channel, this was just like two days ago. Well, I posted this technique, and keep in mind, I don't really. I mean, not that I just don't really watch too many videos of of other people. So I've been doing this technique forever. When I show the technique. This guy gets on there and he comments like, you should be ashamed of yourself for not giving credit to the late, great Marcelo Garcia. This is his technique, blah, blah, blah. You know, I never learned it from Marcelo Garcia. I don't, you know, nothing against him. I just didn't watch any of his videos or anything. Uh, you know, it was just something that's a gem that was top. Maybe, maybe somebody did watch his video. And I don't know. But at the end of the day, like, what do you feel? Do you think you're supposed to give credit to, to every single thing that you've learned from every person? Well, you know, like if it's some like I think it depends. Like if you're if you're saying you like if you're giving the impression that you created or popularized the move, like obviously that's shady and you should give credit. But like yeah. I don't think anyone can have a patent on like or a certain move or style or anything. Like like if you try to say Oh, uh, I, I'm like the master of triangle entries and finishes, so everyone has to credit me. That's very like unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like a random. Uh, I can't even remember what the technique. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, that guy commented on there. I'm like, I mean, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. It's hard to credit every single thing that you've learned from. Yeah, you know, and I didn't even learn it from him. But if. Uh, but I think it goes back to what you said, you know, as long as you're not trying to say that you invented the move, which I never say that I invent anything like everything for the most part has been invented and done before. It's just putting your own little spin on it. But even mm -hmm. then, I don't say that I created it. I'm like, here's a here's a good, solid technique. Yeah. And here, here's the thing, like sometimes you could just forget who came up with it and like is it a fucking is it wrong to forget about something like say oh dude i didn't know marcelo sort of came up came up with that uh, i forgot yeah. or i didn't know it yeah exactly yeah i mean there's so many people out there that have created stuff like it's hard to give credit to, to every single person and i mean also like i've had people 
like I, I know for a fact I'll post a, a technique video and then I'll see it posted on there on them like do it in, in class that day or like they'll record themselves doing the same exact technique that I did you know just like the day before or even sometimes a few hours after and I don't care <laughs> I'm like you know it's a good technique I know man it was so weird like man the late great Marcelo Garcia I'm like motherfucker Marcelo Garcia isn't dead what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, it's just a weird comment, but I get that all the time. I kind of, I don't really take offense. Like, it's hard to make me, like, to offend me. You know, I don't get butt hurt easy. I just kind of laugh at it. I'm like, whatever. Well, man, it's hard to reach your butt since you're so tall. (laughs) Yeah, like six six foot three in the air, man. (laughs) Oh, man, you'd have to punch, like, straight up. You have to get directly beneath you and punch straight up and even then they might just punch you in the balls or in your taint as opposed to your butt <laughs> you gotta get past the triangle first <laughs> yeah man you just slap on the fucking triangle while they're directly underneath you <laughs> uh, with the, the triangle that uh felipe hit on you <laughs> oh yeah guys uh i've I told a story before about felipe andrew flying triangles me one time oh that was a that was a, and i landed on my wrist like uh like, you know, the arm that wasn't in the triangle, I was like, oh, shit, Felipe's in the air and he's triangling me. Maybe I should put him on the floor. And I put him on the floor and I landed on my wrist because he's really heavy. I'm like, oh, so I got wrist lock as well for my trouble. I'm like, awesome. That's, oh, God. That's why I like triangles. <laughs> yeah, of course you like triangles, you, you fucking demon. <laughs> All right, so, man, uh, one of the questions I like to ask each of, my, each of the coaches that comes on is, like, what's the first sort of technique you try to – instilling your beginners when they first start off like let's say it's like day one of their of their class, beginners class um i mean i always we always start off you know with the basic warm-ups teach them how to shrimp uh how to break fall i mean more stuff that is going to protect you from getting hurt uh, i feel like most people if you're a good enough coach you could you could bring someone in to any technique and they're going to get it as long as you're a good good instructor you know so I don't think it, it matters as much. Uh, a big thing with coaching, if you really want your people to succeed and get better, you have to personally go up to people and, and give them a style, you know, like, or give them something to work on or constantly just stay on and be like, hey, you need to work on this or you need to add this into your game. I feel like that's a big reason why um, I was able to succeed early on is because my instructor Kyle would take me to the side and be like, "Hey, this is going to be fit perfect into your game. Let's let's start working it in. Let's start drilling it. Let's start trying it when we roll and stuff like that." So I took that into into my training. So with some of my students, I'll I'll go up to them and be like, "Hey, I want you to start practicing Kimura. I want you to start doing this like stuff that I see that would fit into their style. I would throw that at them, and I feel like uh, that's why we're starting to see people." get better faster because they're they're mastering styles and their instructors are really putting the time in with them <clears throat> sorry uh, man your sort of coaching style would you like emphasize drilling rolling or like positional sparring uh a little bit of everything so normally the way that i would run a, a competition class is we start out with drilling to get warmed up you know we don't do the running in circles and all that like once you're in a you're in a comp class, you know how to run in a circle, <laughs> you know how to front roll, you know how to back roll. So we go ahead. We'll start off with the, some light drilling, and then we'll go to heavy drilling, and then we'll go to positional start sparring, and then we'll go to regular sparring. So a little bit of everything. 
Mm. Now, see, underrated. Lots of people like uh, they just half-ass warm up sometimes, but like, see, I think if you're given a bit of free reign, like uh, I go to other gyms the whole time. I went to this one gym where like uh, your man was like, okay, look, uh, class is starting in five minutes. You're like, and it was an, it was an advanced nogi class I went to because I was the night there. It's like, look, just stretch out, do whatever you want for five minutes, and then we're getting straight into drilling, drilling, drilling the move. I think that's great because you know. Uh, you have more time dedicated to the to the fucking actual jiu-jitsu instead of run around in circle for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand why. Which, I mean, I think it's great for a beginner, like a beginner's class warm-up. But you see people that just stick with the same damn warm-up over and over for 50 years, and you're like, come on, man. Like, I know how to do a front roll and a back roll. <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing this stuff forever, so it's good to add in some some different uh, movement drills. Like uh, sometimes we'll just get in a circle and we'll practice like little movement drills that are just going to make your movement better. You know, some days we'll go into drilling, you know, and then and then at least at least like once a week or once every week we'll still do the front rolls, back rolls because it's important. Uh, but it's also important to have other fundamental movements as well, rather than just a front roll and a back roll. I mm. uh, see. Uh, my massive pet peeve as well is when fucking warm ups drag when they won't just get on with it and fucking like we're here to do jujitsu, like not run around in circles and do front rolls and shit. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like an asshole because like obviously you know I'm a fucking student and shit, but like come on, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny people always talk about people that skip warm ups, but I mean most of the time if they're skipping warm ups, it's because you're doing the same damn thing over and over. You make yeah. the you make the warm ups actually interesting and like so my warm up sometimes we'll just go straight into grip fighting you know we're just grip fighting playing around grip fighting people love that but they hate like running in a circle and then you know doing the little line drills over and over if you make it interesting people want to do it mm. oh see my coach does a really good thing see what he does is uh, it's like uh, it's like just guard passing and retention but with a twist the person passing puts one hand in their belt, so they're only passing the guard with one hand, and the fucking <laughs> person, re- the person retaining does the same, and then it's like two hands, uh, you know, person retaining is using two hands, or the person passing is using no hands and shit, only passing with like, or the person retaining is only fucking, isn't using any hands, like one time, here's a, <laughs> here's a funny story, we're, the night, one of the nights we were doing that, I was like, yeah, oh, sorry, ingestion, everyone's apologies, but like, um, uh, this girl from another gym came over and we were doing that. I was paired with her and she's like passing my guard. And I put her into a half guard and I fucking sweep her with no arms. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swept someone with no fucking arms. If I was a cripple, I'd be fucking living it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think that's uh, one of the, I think that's like the most offensive thing I've ever said in this podcast. <laughs> yeah we we do that uh so my instructor colin he used to do that drill all the time and then i started making people do it they would look at me like i was crazy but i mean it actually like let's say that you're going to somebody who's just way better than you you know it's hard for you to practice something on the person if they're just killing you every round so it kind of it gives a person on bottom an advantage a way to start learning how to how to recover their guard and like some pe- some people their ego get in the way of their training so they're if if they can lose like oh well i only had one arm it gives them an excuse you know so some people need that 
Mm. Not to mention the whole. F- it's all a bit of. It's all just a bit of fun at the end of the day. We're like the one arm, one arm pass, and it's it's really fun. Like I think yeah, it's it fucking. Is. It's yeah, a good, good time. time. Not to mention that serves your jiu-jitsu better than running around a circle and doing front rolls. That's actual like guard <laughs> passing and retention, but with a little twist. Like you know, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it'll make uh, make your purple belts want to stay for warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. Oh, man. See, that's it. What would you say is the most important value you've instilled in your sort of gym environment? Hmm. Man, that's a great question. Um, it, we, try to, we try to keep our gym very family-oriented. And if there's any drama, we shut it down, like, instantly. Like, I don't want drama when I come to the gym. Like, when I go to the gym, I want to train. I want to get my training in. I want to make people better. I want to make people happy. I want it to be a place that you can go in there and you're like, I had a fucking terrible day, but I go to the gym and I'm happy. You know, I don't want it to go in there and like, well, there's all this drama and stuff like, because I've been to a lot of gyms like that. And yeah, I try to keep all that stuff uh very very minimal like we at my gym that we're at right now guardian we have little to no drama you can go in there you had a terrible day you go in there there's a bunch of people that are going to cheer you up you know everybody's smiling everybody's having a good time and that's what i wanted in the gym you know i want us to be a serious uh serious competitors but at the same time i want it to be i want it to be fun Mm. i see yeah, we got some questions on the Instagram if you're keen. Yeah, you got like three or something, but these are good questions in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you miss Adam? He misses you, by the way. Oh, sorry, you cut out on me. What did you say? Oh, sorry. Uh, do you miss Adam because he misses you? <laughs> I always miss Adam. That's, that's my, my man right there. Mm. Oh, yeah. He actually sent another quote in. He's like, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was a that was a shitty impression, but you get my point. Yeah, he he wouldn't approve of that. That's for sure. <laughs> Ooh, that's not what he said when he was on the podcast. I <laughs> uh, did it. So he did it again. That doesn't yeah. sound very Adam-like. Adam. <laughs> he, he's one of the funniest uh, people. Him and uh, one of my best friends, Brian. Dude, they're they're hilarious. Hmm. And then, uh, have you ever not trained for a bit, signed up for a comp at last minute, and how'd it go? That was like one of the questions I got off Reddit that wasn't pure bitchy because Reddit is fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. Um, you know, I actually had an injury and I was healing up from it, so I hadn't been training in a while. But then just uh, an opportunity came up where it was like, well, you can enter this tournament, win 500 bucks. I was like, well, I haven't tried it, trained in two weeks. So yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I hopped out there and ended up winning it. So it worked out for me. Sometimes like just, just not training gives you, uh, it refreshes your body a little bit. You know, it gives you a break and then your body's just like fighting. Like, it's like, I, I need to choke somebody. Mm. Yeah. See, we got, this is a really good question here. This is you have to prepare for this question. You gotta do like an hour of research beforehand. But I'm putting you on the spot. So are you, here you go. Okay. Ooh. Would you rather would you rather fight one chewy sized duck or a hundred duck sized chewies? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's kind of funny. I think that I think that I know this guy. <laughs> he asked me this question when I did a little. Uh, 
I forgot when he asked it, but I did like a little Q&A before and he asked me that same question. That's funny. I think that I would go with the one giant chewy duck. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I think that I, I like going against bigger people. You can get around them quicker, so probably, probably that. <laughs> no, I, t- I think it'd be easier to beat the 100 duck-sized chewies because they're the size of an action figure. Let's be real. You could just stop, romp or stomp them. That's true. Just start kicking them all. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know Chewie's really good at jujitsu, but if he was like, yeah, that's four, true. If four inches was... tall, it wouldn't really work. Yeah, I guess that I was thinking more of maybe like maybe he loses his jujitsu skills. <laughs> uh, I well, the, the duck doesn't know jujitsu. It's just a duck. Yeah. it's just a, it's, it's a it's a big fucking duck. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. Yeah, now if it was Chewie and he had all of his skills, no way I'd want to go against him bigger because he's already big enough. Yeah, let's let's just make. What if Chewy was taller than you? We're like, oh fuck, no, not now. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> that's the He's one thing you can. Full. That's the one thing you can lord over him his whole life. I'm fucking taller than you, Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the time. Don't worry. Uh, you you can you can reach the top shelf and he can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. Chewie actually, he's a uh, he's a pretty tall guy too. He's six he's six foot. I know, but you're taller. Yeah, exactly. So I can still hold it over him. <laughs> yeah, I uh, got. <guys. laughs> yeah, so guys, we reached the segments of the podcast. I like to call around the specifics. It's just a bunch of random questions. Some about jujitsu. Some aren't about jujitsu. So, do you want to do around the specifics, Chad? Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh dude, uh, what is the fa- your favorite gi in your collection if you have one? Uh, well, I'm sponsored by Lanky, but I've been wearing Lanky since I was a purple belt, and I, I kind of like their style. It almost feels like similar to a show you roll, uh, and they add a few inches on the sleeves, so it fits me perfectly. It's not like really baggy or anything. You know, being 6'3 and uh, like a toothpick, it's hard to find good geese. Ah, <laughs> mm. oh, man, see, I seen this really fucking tall dude at the Irish Open last year, and his fucking gee was like, really hard like it, it looked so weird i'm like what fucking size is that gi that guy's <laughs> that guy's so tall and his limbs are so like unseemly i'm like what fucking size is that is that like h a 4l i'm like what the fuck that's weird i think that we had a guy i think that they said that they had to order a6 e and i was like oh my god <laughs> this is huge as special order my gi because he's just massive man uh, I think the lo- the biggest one I seen like was A three XXL or something like he was he was short like he was short but he was really wide. Yeah, that's why this guy was. He was well, no, I take that back. He was six two and three hundred and ten pounds. He was a monster of a man. Man, so he he's long and wide. Fucking hell. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and he was not fun to roll with. <laughs> yeah, man. Who would you say is the most famous person you've rolled with besides Chewy? You can't say Chewy. Um, or Eugene. Or uh, I can't think of a Ford example, but you get my point. Yeah, I'd probably say Lucas Barboza. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lucas whooped my ass at the at the Pan Ams. I decided to do the, the open weight. And then I went against a heavyweight the first round and then won that match. And then I went against uh, Lucas. And I ran out there and pulled side control. <laughs> pulled side control right and then uh tried to recover he, he went straight to my back and tried to recover and he caught me in an arm triangle 
But yeah, he's a uh, he's good man. Aaron, that number one spot. Mm. Well, oh, man, what what was your favorite TV show growing up? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'd probably say Dragon Ball Z, honestly. What? <laughs> uh, who? Who? Okay, we're gonna settle this debate once and for all. Was it yeah. Goku or Vegeta? Goku or Vegeta? Man, that's a hard one. I obviously Goku's gonna win every time, but I always loved Vegeta. I always thought Vegeta was awesome. Oh uh, man, see, underrated. See, uh, Vegeta's the man. Like he's well, he's a just a way better written character than Goku. Goku's kind of an idiot, and he's like, oh, dude, I just want to fight. But like Vegeta, <laughs> Vegeta actually has depth and nuance to him and shit. You know? Yeah, he's an interesting character. I thought it was hilarious when he, uh, when uh, ah, can't think of his name now, when Bulma got smacked and he went crazy and just started destroying the guy. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, Beerus, the god of Beerus. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, it, yeah, Beerus smacked Bulma and he just started destroying him. I was like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, fucking. Uh, what's it? Uh, here's a here's pretty here's a funny fucking post and shit. See, uh, my like my my friend. I have a really good friend that I train with. Fucking. Uh, and see, you know, he he missed training for a little because of some bullshit. Like, uh, you know health problems and he was busy with shit and then when he yeah. came back i got a picture with him i fucking and i i made this sappy post saying how much i love him and all that shit like <laughs> i miss this i miss my brother man i fucking love this guy and like one of the things i was like man this guy is like the goku to my vegeta because we, we started around <laughs> about the same time and we were constantly uh, yeah. fucking just beating i was beating him one day he's beating me the other that's that sort of thing like a back and forth sort of exchange you know yeah yeah, it's awesome to have somebody who can, you know, you guys start around the same time, and then if if you're if you have a training partner, and you know you look forward to coming in there all the time, it makes it makes them want to stick with it. You know, it makes both of you guys want to stick with it because you're going in there, you got your buddy in there, you guys can train and go at it, and at the end of the day, still be friends. It's cool. Mm. Not to mention, see, underrated is that someone who knows your game so fucking well that every <laughs> round is a every round is a fucking hassle. It's a fucking yep. ba- balls to the wall experience because there's this little fella I train with. He's like he's a bit shorter than me. He's 20 kg lighter than me, but he knows my fucking game inside and out because he rolled so fucking much. And man, he's like a fucking monster when we roll. I have to fu- I I sweat fucking heavy when I'm rolling with this little dude because he, he knows my game so well. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you start rolling with somebody. Like, so when me and Chewy would roll back in the day, like we both knew each other's style, so we would just go at it and like he would do something, I block it, I do something, he'd block it, and it's just like we knew what each other wanted the entire roll, so we were just kind of more patient than normal. Uh, but then when we went at it at Nashville, me and him were just, you know, we were going at it, just throwing one technique after the next, because you know we got we weren't used to rolling with each other as much anymore. So it was fun. Hmm. Now, see, I think that presents like new opportunities and shit because you have to develop your your game. You're kind of forced to if you're rolling with someone like that because the same shit isn't going to work every time. Like obviously, and eventually you're just going to have a stalemate because you both know each other so well. So you kind of have to adapt in that instance. Oh yeah. Uh, plus, you know, if you if you try something and it works that, uh, you know, it's not going to yeah. work again because, like, oh, man, I'm not fucking letting that work again, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it makes you, it forces you to expand your game, you know, so you're always looking for a new setup to get into that, that technique because, like you said, once they 
once you hit it one time, they're like, nah, that's not happening again. So you got to look to look for new ways to set up that same exact technique. Hmm. I mean, see, so, uh, what was the first video game console you had? And what was your favorite game on it? Uh, first video console, let's see. I'm pretty sure that it was uh, Nintendo 64. Um, that's a hard one. I, I can't oh. even remember. That was forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I, I think that uh, they had a Mario Kart on there, right? Mm, yeah, I think that that might have been my favorite. I, I can't remember. I remember one of my favorite game systems of all time, though, is the GameCube. The GameCube Ooh. was awesome. I thought that was like st- still to this day, like you know, I bought a Nintendo Switch because I was like, you know, hopefully they got uh, some of the games that they had from the old GameCube on there. Well. They had a few of them, but none of the ones that I wanted. So I ended up selling the Switch. But if they could bring back some of the old GameCube games, oh, man, that'd be awesome. I'd be playing them all the time. Oh, man, here's the thing. Like, if you buy a Nintendo Wii, they have an inbuilt GameCube and stuff, and they sort of up the resolution and shit so it looks a bit better. And, you know, you can plug the GameCube controller into that. And it's, I think it's uh, a better way to play the GameCube games, in my opinion. I think they should just make a new GameCube or make like a portable game. You know what? I've never, I never knew, or I don't know why. Rather, the Xbox still hasn't came out with a portable game system yet. I don't know. Like here's yeah, the, the thing. PSP. The PSP was awesome. The oh, Switch. Dude. The only reason I didn't like Switch is because a lot of the games I felt like were for kids. I just didn't think there was a lot of decent games. I mean, they had like Legends of or Legends of Zelda and stuff like that but you know i just it didn't have enough games for me <laughs> oh man uh i i actually wanted to play that zelda game but like uh i didn't want to buy a switch because that shit was fucking expensive so the game was on the wii u as well so i bought a wii u just to play <laughs> that zelda game and yeah. that, the game was expensive on the wii u so i'd say i spent about 150 to play this game on the wii u but i would have spent like <laughs> two, 250 if i wanted to play it on switch so yeah, uh, yeah who's a... who's laughing it was a solid game, but I mean, the entire system just for, you know, that one game, I'm like, eh. So I ended up just selling it and get my money back for it. But uh, I, I wish that Xbox would come out with something portable <laughs> because that would be awesome. I don't know, man. Like, here's the thing. No, nobody, the, the fucking Xbox One, it was, remember when it first came out, like uh, when they were like trying to pitch it and shit, they said you couldn't play like, uh, pre-owned games, you had to be online all the time. That sort of tripped them up a bit because yeah. it was sh- shitty marketing. Plus, nobody in Japan bought an Xbox One. The fucking <laughs> sale, the sales in Japan, like a really big market for electronics, was fucking yeah. abysmal. It was garbage. <laughs> Just nobody got it, huh? Meanwhile, everyone bought a PS4 and fucking uh, you know, America, Europe, Japan, China. If they're allowed PS4s because they're fucking communist regime, whatever. <laughs> see i've never i had a playstation one and a playstation two but then i kind of switched over to xbox i guess because of uh because of the halo series and stuff like that i loved it so much but Ooh, you know but... it's a it's a hard thing i haven't decided if i want to get the new playstation or the new xbox like i've just been with xbox for so long now but you know sometimes old is not better <laughs> yeah here's the thing chad don't ever, ever, ever get a console launch year. Don't ever do that. That's a terrible oh, yeah, idea. 
Man, I, I made that mistake with the PS4. Like, uh, I got it when it just dropped. Like, uh, and oh my God, there were no good games on that for like a fucking year. There was all stuff to test out the <laughs> hardware. There was very gimmicky shit. Do never get it. And it's all just ports of the old games. That's why I waited for the Nintendo Switch. I was like, oh, I'll wait a little bit. And then they'll have all these great games. And then I was like, no. I just sat on there for hours looking for a game that I'd be like, you know what, I'll play that. I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll just buy football so I can play football. And this, nope, they don't have football. And I don't think they had basketball. I was like, well, I mean, this is pretty much useless to me. <laughs> mm. It was a bunch yeah, of I, indie games. I was like, if I want indie games, I'll just play on my phone. <laughs> uh, man, some indie games are pretty good, in my opinion. Like, uh, it depends. Yeah. Like, some of the, it depends. Like, oh, oh, if you if you want a game, Hotline Miami is so fucking fun it is cool as shit it's like an overhead sort of a gta clone from the old gta games like yeah. you go around in, in masks beating people up in the 80s but see you die in one hit but so do the enemies so you got to be very tactical uh, and precise and shit it's fucking gotcha. i mean uh what was your most embarrassing injury you had whether it be a jiu-jitsu injury or a non-jiu-jitsu <laughs> injury that was a good one i'm glad you asked me this <laughs> so i was uh-huh. rolling with my uh my instructor, I always call him instructor just from Taekwondo. I always say instructor, not professor for some reason. But I was rolling with my instructor and uh, I was laying down on the ground. Well, he goes in to pass my guard, I guess trying to get to headquarters or something. And his toe literally like steps on my tailbone and fucking chips my tailbone. So I couldn't sit right for like six months. I had to sit on the left, the left side of my butt cheek just because he like destroyed my tailbone. Just went oh. in the pass and stepped right on it. I was like, oh. I was laying on the ground <laughs> holding my ass rolling back and forth. <laughs> were you, were you butt hurt? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very butt hurt that day. Yeah, I was sitting there rolling back and forth holding my ass and he was just looking at me like, what happened? I was like, dude, you just like destroyed my tailbone. And you know, he's like, he was like 240, 250 pounds. You know, just at the time I probably laid like 150 stepped around on my tailbone and like i think he like chipped it or moved it out of place or something but i was like oh my god uh, it took like six months of just sitting driving my car leaning into the side <laughs> man i had to sit on the left cheek of my butt do you have any idea how uncomfortable that is <laughs> yeah it was terrible trying to drive like especially if i had to go like like when i was driving to work or if i had to drive to work or something it's like a 40 minute drive I'm just sitting uh, on my left side the entire time Man, since you just said that, I've been sitting on my left butt cheek for like 20 seconds. I'm like, this, this, this is already annoying me, let alone 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is. Uh, uh, the little injuries like that are the most annoying. Or like when you jam your finger or something stupid, and you're just like, well, now I can't use this hand for a week. Oh, uh, man, or when you get fish hooked. Yeah. <laughs> Like, man, one time I went to this one gym and uh, there was this older brown belt guy. He's like, oh, do you want to roll? I'm like, OK, cool. I, like, I, I pull guard and shit. And like, he, he goes to get grips on me. He fucking fish hooks me. I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, dude. I'm like, OK, grand. He fucking goes for no grip. Fish hooks me again. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? He's like, man, I, I, I'm really not meaning to do this. I'm sorry. He's like, OK, fine. He goes for another <laughs> grip and fish hooks me again. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're all newer people. I mean, they just don't realize... I had a guy, when we were rolling, uh, this was a few months ago, he came into the gym and he kept grabbing my fingers and pulling them back and like, hey man, we're not allowed to do that. And I was like, oh, okay, my bad. 
So I start going for the choke, and they start peeling my finger back again. I'm like, quit peeling my fingers back. <laughs> and then the third time, I'm like, dude, quit pulling my fingers back. And it was just grabbing them and rushing them back. But, you know, it just, I guess he just didn't realize it, or maybe he was just being an asshole. I don't know. I want to see. Mm. Uh, dude, you got to be uh, Brazilian about it. Hey, my friend, my friend, if you break my finger, I'll break your arm. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I think my impression is okay. Hey, That's pretty friend, good. My friend, uh, I can kind of do a Bernardo Faria impression a little. You know, kinda. my buddy uh, Joseph, he was on a cruise and uh, he was playing around with one of the the Brazilian. I forgot who it was. It was one of. I mean, it's pretty well known guy. I just can't think of his name. He told me a story before. But he came up and he made this uh, Brazilian accent and Brazilian impression to him. Oh, the guy got so mad. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I learned my lesson. Like, yeah, don't do that to a Brazilian. They get really pissed. <laughs> uh, so you mean to tell me I shouldn't go up to Bernardo Free and say, guys, huge order for me? Uh, no, I think Bernardo would be cool with it. I think he would love it. He, he's one of the guys where he can, you know, he can laugh at himself. You know, like me, I can, I can laugh at myself. Like if I do something, something stupid. You know, some people get get butt hurt about it, but you got to learn to just laugh. Especially if you're doing something like where you're putting yourself out there and you're doing all this stuff. Like you're gonna mess up. You're gonna do something. You're gonna say something stupid. You just gotta be able to laugh at yourself and be like, yeah, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. people are gonna talk shit to you. And you're like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Now, guys, while we're talking about Bernardo Faria, I think one thing we should really consider is that the huge honor is actually for us because he's such a great dude. <laughs> yeah, Bernardo. So I met uh, Bernardo came up to Derby City. Uh, shit, I guess that was three years ago now. But I met him, and you know, he's an awesome guy. He's he's just an all around good dude. Hmm. Oh, man, I made I made a meme and he reposted it. I made a meme about him and he reposted it. And that was the that was the <laughs> best moment of my life. There you go. But that the was better. Master. That was better than getting my blue belt. That was more important and pivotal to me getting reposted by Bernardo. <laughs> yeah, you make some good memes of me. I'll repost them for you too. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I I I make some good memes about Chewy and he's he's dubbed me <laughs> his memer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I need to get me a memer now. If anybody no, out there wants well, to make fun of me, go ahead. <laughs> well, Chad, like, uh, this might be a compliment or an insult, depending on who you ask, but you're not very memeable. Like, it's hard to make fun of you, in my opinion. <laughs> well, that's good. Good and bad, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, Chewy makes funny faces and stuff in his videos, but, I don't know, you don't. So that's kind of easier to, you know, joke yeah. about Chewy and Adam. That's true. Yeah, they're always making the crazy faces. Mine are more just like, all right, we're going to do some jujitsu. <laughs> Every know, now uh, and then I'll, I'll throw out some comedy video. I don't know if you've seen any of my like little comedy videos and stuff like that, but yeah, I'll do those. I haven't done one in a while. I'm working on a new one right now. I think that I think you'll like Ooh. it. Oh, man, I've seen who triangle tree men, though. That was a uh, good one. <laughs> yeah, see, I, my, my videos, I try to make them just like, just as, as silly and stupid and crazy as possible. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just give and then, uh, laugh. And then, uh, what's your favorite song to roll to in the gym? Favorite song? Hmm. 
You know what? That's a hard one because I listen to so much random music. Like I, I don't have any favorites. I'm more just I listen to anything, anything that has a good flow to it. Like it can't be, it can't be like hardcore metal or something like that unless it has like a very good solid, you know, upbeat. Like just be able to flow to it is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. I mean, uh, if you could ban one guard or position from competition, what would it be and why? 50-50. <laughs> Man, why do people shit on 50-50? What the <laughs> fuck, bro? Yeah, well, the problem is and no gi can attack heel hooks and the gi are just kind of stuck. <laughs> oh, dude, do ankle locks and stuff. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, it is. But if you get two people that, like, you know, if I want to get to 50-50 and cross my feet and not let you move and then you know, tangle your lapel underneath my leg, then I know now we're both stuck there. <laughs> oh, ah, ha, oh my God. I just thought of a great, great idea. An idea that'll suit you and remedy the 50-50 debacle. Uh-oh. Okay. Have, you know Jeff Glover, right? Yes. Yeah. He does the, he, you call it the disrespect triangle. We call it the triangle. He does yeah, that from 50-50. Oh, oh yeah. finally, someone who calls it the cryangle. God damn. <laughs> yeah, I call it the cryangle. That's one of my uh, favorite techniques to hit on people. It, very, very hard and rare to hit, but when you hit it, you feel so good. <laughs> mm. I mean, I was able to sort of get the cryangle position, like, uh, but I in like a deep half. This one uh, brown belt chick tried to deep half sweep me, but I managed to lock up my legs, but her leg and her arm and her head was in the equation. I couldn't triangle her because. I know my legs aren't like that, so I was able to come over her, so that's an upside. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've always wanted to see the triangle hit in an MMA fight. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Underrated. See, like, uh, I'm not the best at triangles by any means. Like, I, I catch them occasionally, but here's one thing I shoot up, get the triangle position, and I attack the fucking Kimura because they think I'm a triangle. I love doing that. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. That's why I like the triangle. It's more the. I consider the triangle, well, I mean, of course it's a submission, but I, I consider it a position because there's just, there's so much stuff you can do from that, which is what I cover in Triangle of the World. I kind of go over a lot of different submissions that you can hit inside the triangle if you can't get the triangle. You know, you got omoplatas, you got a loop choke inside of the triangle, you got kimuras, uh, you got arm bars, you know, all kinds of stuff. Hmm. Now, guys, if you want to catch Chad's Triangle the World course, be sure to check out chadthebeasthardy.com. I'll have it linked in the description anyway, so just click that, whatever. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Now, see, what's it? If you could time travel to any historical period, where would you go and why? Hmm. You know what? I kind of, uh, I don't think that I would want to go back. You know, every time we go camping, I'm like, this sucks. I'd rather be, <laughs> I'd rather be in air conditioning. Yeah, we, we got it. People don't realize how how good they have it here. You know, you got air conditioning, you got a place to stay, you know, for the most part, you can get food and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what, I, I kind of love it uh, right now. I don't think that I would want to go back to where you have to have to be outside burning to death and freezing to death. It just doesn't sound like fun. You're only going back for a visit just to see what's going yeah. on. You don't, you don't have to stay there. <laughs> yeah, see, so yeah, uh, for me personally, I don't care. I I could just look at a book and, you know, I'll see what went on. <laughs> uh, how about this? Would you want to go to the future? You know what? That would be awesome. I think that I would want to go to the future just to see, like, 
what's going on, you know, a couple thousand years from now. Are we, mm. are there cars flying yet? Or, you know, I don't, which I think is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to see if Futurama happens in like the year 3000. <laughs> yeah, that was, that show was awesome. That was a good mm. show. I used to watch oh, that every night. Dude, Futurama was the shit. I think Futurama is fucking way better than The Simpsons. The Simpsons can fuck right off. Futurama <laughs> is the bomb. That's underrated for sure. Dude, it had thought-provoking episodes, good themes. It didn't treat the audience like a fucking idiot. And it had the good decency to fucking end. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I kind of... Well, it's a good and bad thing. Like, yeah, it has to come to an ending. Uh but it just like Ozark. So have you watched Ozark yet? Uh, no. Oh my God. It's amazing. You have to watch it on Netflix. It's like, it's one of the better TV shows that's been out in a lot in a long time. Uh, but I was watching that and they said that I think there's, it'll be going on the third or fourth season, but they said it's a finale already. And I'm like, damn, like I wish this thing would go on forever. Like it's just so good. Mm. No, I say, I think like, Lots of people give shows kind of shit when they they're ended when they end or you know but see I think that's better than it's sort of going on for too long and meandering into subpar shit. Air quotes yeah. The Simpsons, you know, case <laughs> in point The Simpsons. Man, it's been yeah. 31, 31 fucking seasons. Just just call it a fucking <laughs> just call it a fucking day. God damn it. Yeah, see, like stuff like that in Family Guy or like South Park. You know, I could sit there and watch South Park forever. Like, if they came out with something new, like, you know, I'm always going to... I would always check it out. So, I, I understand what you're saying, though. But mm. I kind of... Especially with the cartoons, like, they don't really have a storyline anyway. They kind of do, but a lot of it's just random mm. stuff. Mm. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Like, uh, South Park, the fucking... Uh, the team that works in South Park are fucking maniacs. It takes them six days to make an episode... So they can stay topical. They can stay up to date. That's good. Like, I admire the shit out of the South Park staff for doing that. So they can stay relevant and in the news and stuff. I like that. But here's the thing. An episode of The Simpsons takes six months to make. So by the time they put in a current trend or a topical joke or a meme, it's already, it's already out, of, out of there. And no, no one will care. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I feel like Family Guy always did a good... I can't remember if it was South Park or uh, Family Guy. They were making fun of fun of one of the cartoons. They're like, "Well, what are they gonna do next?" I think it was South Park making fun of Family Guy. It's like they had the manatee that was just picking different balls of what what the what the characters could say. <laughs> oh, that, that was that was a great episode. The Family Guy yeah. staff are manatees. <laughs> yeah, manatees just pushing little balls in the hole. And they're like, "Yeah, that sounds good enough. Let's put it in there." That's that's kind of likely because of the random structure of it. It's fucking. It's a bit crazy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> mm. Oh man, uh, what's it? Uh, what's your favorite philosophical quote if you have one? Hmm. Yeah, I don't have one. <laughs> what? Next. <laughs> okay. Yeah, next. I don't, I don't oh, really have a quote that what? I that I uh, that I stick to all the time. You know, I'm always changing, always looking new stuff. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I have one. Mm. Uh, I'll give you a great quote. Uh, just don't be an asshole. That's the best quote I've ever heard. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. That's a good quote. But to be fair, it's actually very easy to not be an asshole. Usually to be an asshole, you have to go out of your way to be assholery. You, you know? gotta try really hard. 
it's actually easier to not be an asshole than to be one, you know, kind of is. <laughs> yeah, you gotta <laughs> try pretty hard. Like, you have to go out of your way, take time out of your precious day to commit to <laughs> assholery. Uh, uh, what was the worst sorry. movie you've ever seen in your entire life? The best movie I've ever seen? Nah, the worst one. Oh, the worst movie I've ever seen. Ooh, man. Hmm. I've seen a lot of bad movies. Ooh. <laughs> uh, you know, I probably, I can't remember the name of it, but it always cracks me up, like the old school, like, crocodile movies. <laughs> crocodile Dundee? Uh, you know, where, like, the crocodiles are coming and they're, like, they're very animated. They look like crap, just attacking people. Movies like those, but the, the I can't call them bad though. Like they're they're entertaining. To watch. They're so bad that they're good. It just kind of mm. cracks you up. Yeah, yeah. We got a bit of a moral conundrum here. If you're up for this question, uh oh. Uh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? Ooh. Hmm. See, I feel like. I feel like with the world hunger thing, I feel like that could could be solved. So I would go with cancer because cancer's uh, more complicated. Mm. Now I get you, man. Both of them are pretty good causes. So like picking, you know, it's just pick which one. It's not really like a bad thing to pick one of them. Like <laughs> yeah, it's so, not a so bad many. Thing. I think so that, many people uh, agonize over that. Yeah. See, cancer is, is complex, and it's always changing and stuff like that. And, I mean, there's just thousands and thousands of people that die from cancer each year. You know, some of it, I mean, comes from smoking and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, world hunger. If Think about all the money in the world. Like, if those people just put money towards, you know, building, uh, building gardens and building stuff like that and giving out food, like, I, I feel like we could solve that if we wanted to. It's just... People don't want to spend the money or invest in something. I don't know. No, I get you. There's a more, there's an easier fix for world hunger than there would be for cancer. So you just get rid of cancer, yeah. then you know you yeah, could solve exactly. the world hunger thing. Yeah, that's one less problem in the world, so that's good. Mm. Uh, but think about this. Here's one sort of thing people never really consider. There's lots of like charities and nonprofits. So many people would be out of work if ca- cancer suddenly got cured. Like, wait, whoa, what the hell, bro? I don't have a fucking job yeah. anymore. That's why, uh, you know, that's why I've been confused why people aren't like all over this because I feel like they probably already have a cure, but it's just so much money like involved in it that now like there's so much money that uh, they don't really care to to help as many people. That, that's my opinion. I mean, I don't know if that's true. And I'm sure it's very complex to come up with some of that stuff. You know, I'm not a, a doctor and I'll never pretend to be. But, I mean, you could you could just see from the outside, like, just how much money it's bringing in. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but you're, you're a professor, though. <laughs> yeah. Just because I'm a black belt doesn't mean I, I know anything. <laughs> you know how to strangle people. Yeah, I know how to strangle people and teach you how to be uh, good at jiu-jitsu, so. Yeah, I'll stick with that. Yeah. Um, and fucking, I will like uh, uh, some other black belts who think that they have a black belt. They're they're the best at everything now. <laughs> now, man, see, uh, I listened to this podcast with a Christian Woodman see one time, and he he put he made a he made a really good point. Is like like 
he was like looking at how to run his business, his gym really efficiently. And he made a really good point. He's like, man, so many black belts are so fucking like full of themselves. They're all like, here's just the way he put it. He's like, um, they can't sit, take step back and see that they're like a white belt in business. They just think that they'll be good at running a business because they're black belt in jiu-jitsu. It doesn't work yeah. like that. Well, another thing, people get so caught up in the old way that they would rather die on their sword than than to, to learn and adapt to some of the new stuff that's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, they just, they just don't want to change. Or they don't want to reach out for help. They think that, you know, like you said, they're too full of themselves to, to look for extra guidance. Now, mm. uh, you know, I know it's an ever-changing sport and there's constantly new stuff and there's change and adaptation and stuff. So it's hard to keep up, with, especially if you're stuck in your ways. Because, like, if you're a black belt... You might be a uh, older gent, a bit of a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bit, I mean, it, it, you see it all the time, just like, you know, people talking about the, the new stuff. I'm like, well, you know, the new stuff has some of the, the top people in the world. So, I mean, obviously it's working. <laughs> mm. Well, man, it gets results and you can't yeah, argue exactly. results. Yeah, it was for the longest time people were talking about uh, the Baron Bolo and stuff like that. They're like, well, you can't. You wouldn't be, and then they all, it's always something like, well, I wouldn't do this. Well, you wouldn't do this. Well, you wouldn't do this. You know, it's always an excuse. Like, I think at first they would always say it would work, and then I was like, oh, well, you couldn't do that in a fight. Or you could, like, you, you could easily do some of that. Like, Ryan Hall has proved that he can do a lot of the stuff, all of the so called sport you get to. It works in a fight, <laughs> like, 100%. Or man, like I love those self-defense guys. Like, oh man, fucking Baron Bolu in the street fight, fucking idiots. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, none of us are that fucking stupid that we do a Baron Bolu in the street fights. Like, come on, yeah. that's, that's a fucking, that's a stupid argument. Well, here's another thing that always cracks me up. They're like, well, you wouldn't want to be in guard because I would just stomp your head. And I'm like, I dare you to try to stomp me. Like, try to come in my guard and try to stomp me. Like, I'll. I would break your leg before you even had a chance to stop me in the face, you know, mm. unless I was just laying there with my hands down, like with my feet on the ground. I don't know if it, it would be pretty hard to get like a, a very good stomp on someone, especially a jujitsu black belt. You're not going to go in there and stomp on their head if they're in guard. Like if I fall down, you're not going to stomp me. Cause if you come in close and you try to stop me, then I'm going to break your leg. So, mm. Yeah, it just cracks me up when I when I hear people talking about that in, in self-defense. They're like, well, if you go to the ground... Now, if you're fighting, like, two or three people, yeah, I understand that. But, you know, most of most people are talking about, like, one person stomping them. I'm like, eh, it's just not going to happen. Mm. And see, I saw this one video. Like, uh, it was like it was on the leg locker page. These guys got into a street fight, and this dude put him into a fucking heel hook. And he's, like, ripping it. He's like, motherfucker. Like, he's telling him to calm down. He's like, dude... I'll destroy your fucking leg if you don't fucking relax, you prick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I kind of, so the way that I teach my kids class, I try to teach them a lot of positions because, I mean, you get in less and less trouble if you can control, like, you know, let's say me, for instance, I go on the street and this guy's trying to, you know, trying to mess with me. You know, I'm like, okay, I could, I could destroy this guy easily, and you know, I could hurt him and you know, ruin his life forever. But you know, I don't want to do that. You know, so I would control him. I'd probably get neon belly on him. I'd hold him there and be like, all right, dude. Unless, unless he's really trying to, you know, kill me or something like that. But 
again, I, I, I try not to put myself in situations like that in the first place. That's one of the first rules of martial, being a martial artist. Mm-hmm. Now I get you, man. But see, like, that's just one thing that always irks me. Like, uh, that fucking, you know, if if someone fucking attacks you and you fucking, like, mess them up. Like, say you put them into an armbar and you break their arm in the street fights. You'll get into shit over that. Like, <laughs> they fucking attacked you. They started yeah. it. You protected yourself. Where's the issue? Like, if they, they literally could have avoided all of this hardship if they just didn't go out of their way to be a prick. Yeah. Well, it's you look at fault. the people that have been... Tra- well, I mean, I'm sure there's videos out there that might say otherwise. But for the most part, when I see, like, a jiu-jitsu guy getting into an altercation, you know, we've had... We've been practicing altercation over and over forever that when someone actually does get into an altercation, they kind of just put them in a submission or they put them in a position and they just kind of hold them there rather than like, yeah, I could just destroy this guy. But most of the time you see him just like holding it and be like, all right, dude, like, are you, are you done yet? You know, <laughs> it's like a, like a kid hold it's like a kid doing a tantrum. Like, are you done yet? Have you calmed down? Yeah. I mean, having jujitsu <laughs> is literally like having a, a superpower. I mean, if you're going to get someone who doesn't do jiu-jitsu, you could do whatever you wanted. You could parambola them. <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you could angle lock them. Like, literally, anything anything you wanted. If you're good enough at jiu-jitsu to an average person that's never done jiu-jitsu or never wrestled or never done anything, like, you, you could literally do anything you wanted. <laughs> it's like fighting a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's like having a superpower. Mm. I mean, uh, see, in your profession, Professional opinion, do you think you could pull off a handlebar mustache? Oh, no. My, <laughs> so my dad has a mustache. He's been rocking a mustache his entire life. Uh, I, I tried the mustache. I think I just, I don't know. I just don't think it's for me. And when, right. and when I try to grow out a beard, it's just like patchy and looks terrible. Judy always uh, calls me patches. So. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to stick with the Justin Bieber haircut. You're going to stick with the Justin Bieber haircut. Exactly. I can pull that off pretty decently. So uh, I'll stick with what I'm good at. Yeah, man. Uh, what would you say is your jiu-jitsu spirit animal if you have one? The liger. The liger? <laughs> <laughs> the liger. Uh, I don't know. Some form of beast, I guess. <laughs> what about the, ti- the titan? The titan? The tie-in, like it's a tiger-lion hybrid, but the other way, it's like the opposite of a liger. Oh, yeah. Are they bigger? I don't know, man. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll go with the biggest one. <laughs> oh, what about the zonkey? A hybrid between a zebra and a donkey, a zonkey. Uh, I thought you were going to say like a zombie and a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be a zombie monkey. Yeah, a zombie monkey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Touche, good point. <laughs> like, man... A, ha- a monkey, a monkey zombie hybrid. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> that that's where I draw the line. Everything else we've been talking about is all good, but that's that's the stupid thing. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. So here we have the last question. Are you ready for the last question? Ooh. Oh yeah. Uh oh. Last one. Do I need yeah, a man. drum roll or something? Uh, no, I, I used to do a drum roll by slapping screwdrivers on the table, but uh, and I don't have a soundboard. I might just invest in a drum kit or something. I don't know. Hey, we'll yeah. see. Um, and, uh, what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned in all your years of training jiu-jitsu? Man, one of the most important lessons is don't let your ego get the best of you. Hmm. No, but man, uh, I'm a fucking... <laughs> I was going to make a ridiculous joke, but I can't. 
I can't yeah, I mean, let, letting your ego get the best of you will hurt you in so many different ways. I mean, it even me personally, like still like if I got caught in a submission, you know, even at the last tournament, I was like, man, that, I got put in this submission and I let my ego get the best of me. Or like, ah, I shouldn't have got caught in this, so I'm just going to eat it and then I want to let my leg break. You know, just stupid stuff like that where you look back on it, you're like, man, I let my ego get the best of me. <laughs> so just stuff like that, you know. And I'd say that's one of the most important lessons. And just having fun with it, man. Don't forget why you started. Mm. Uh, so, guys, we've reached the end of the podcast. So Chad, do you have anything to say before we shoot off? Do you have anyone to shout out? Oh, it's like, sorry. Uh, sorry, I had a timer on there. Do you have anything, any, like, uh, what's it, um, accounts or anything that people should follow? Yeah, just follow, uh, follow me on any social media platform, just Chad the Beast Hardy. Uh, check out my website, chadthebeasthardy.com. It's full of great content. Uh, if you watch my YouTube video, it's more detailed information on there. And then a uh, shout out to my sponsor, Lanky Fight Gear, and stay with no liabilities, everybody. Mm-hmm. All right, so thanks for listening, guys. I'll have Chad's website linked in the description so you can pick up his Triangled World course. Not sponsored, by the way. It's just a really good course, and I thoroughly enjoy it, by the way. Uh, thank you. Thanks for putting uh, it out there. <laughs> thanks, Chad.